Wow, it's good to be here. I loved what Pastor Brett said earlier about being in the family of God and stepping into the church today. I didn't have to walk through and wade through who I thought you were. I knew who you were. You're my family. And it doesn't matter where I go across the state of Oregon. Right now, actually, I'd fake it. Well, I might just fake it. I usually take a picture. So over here, family portraits because... I put it up on Facebook. This is my fam. This is people that love me. I love them. Well, yesterday at Fern Ridge, my phone ended up at the bottom of Fern Ridge because my grandbaby, Olive, picked it up and put it in her vest and then leaned over the boat and it dropped out. Do you know what it feels like 48 hours after not having a phone? Freedom. Freedom. I'm hoping the next one gets lost in the mail. <laughs> I've been a, a U.S. missionary now for 27 years, and your church has been a part through those years of financially supporting us. Thank you for being a part of Kingdom Builders. That's an amazing program. And just recently, you guys picked us back up again as a missionary for the Oregon Public Schools. I just want to briefly talk you through that because I really want to get to the Word this morning and what God's laid on my hand. Uh, my, my heart for us. Uh, if you'll look at the screen, our goal is to connect the church to the local schools. And so this morning, we're going to do that at the end of the service by prayer. Uh, prayer is the biggest thing that we can do. But here we go. Let's, let's scroll through these really quickly. So our goal is that none perish. How many would say you don't want any kid in Oregon to, to miss out on heaven? Amen. Well, there's about eight of you. So... <laughs> The rest of you, we don't want anybody to miss out on heaven. That's the goal of the Father, that none should perish. And that's our goal, that they all get there. Your grandkids, your neighbor kids, even the one that picks your flowers and throws them across the yard, you know, those kids, we want them all to know Jesus. That's our goal. Go to the next slide, if you would. Another thing that we do is we raise up students to be missionaries on their campus. So the greatest uh, influence... Are students on the greatest mission field in America. Did you know that when you have missionaries come here and say, hey, we are ministering to an unreached people group. How many have ever heard that from a missionary? You don't have to drive very far. Hamblin is, where am I? Hamblin is right over there. Springfield High School. Am I pointing right? (laughs) The pastors did this. And then you have an elementary school over here. I remember that one. You have a middle school over here too. And all I'm thinking, guys, is all this. These are an unreached people group. No, you got to hear me. This is an unreached people group. You don't have to go to Europe. You don't have to go to China. You just step onto a public school campus and you have children of parents that are unreached people group. And that's the heart of what I'm going to be talking about this morning, is it's our responsibility. You say, well, isn't that your job? It's not my job. It's not Melissa's job. It's not Pastor Brent's job. It's not Ty's job alone. It's our job. How many of you had kids? How many of you had grandkids? I did that because you got to see the next slide. Did we skip a slide? No, that's not there. 
Anyways, my family pick usually is up there. That was my bad. I have now six grandbabies, two on the way. Woohoo! But this is the thing. As I witnessed what they were going through and what they are going through and how they are being raised, two of them out of the three by Christian parents, another one out of a, uh, if you haven't heard this terminology before, um, he's in a deconstruction phase of his life. And he's probably my greatest disciple because I'm learning so much from him. But then I look at Eddie, his son. He will be lost. Church, are you hearing me? We have a responsibility. It's our job. It's our mission field. It's who, who is your mission? Your mission should be your kids and your grandkids. So why do we at Youth Alive do discipleship? We do discipleship because without it, there's no hope. There's absolutely no hope. We as the body of Christ have got to get back to what God called us to do. Go make disciples. I want you to process that for a minute because Nate and I had a really good conversation earlier while I get a drink of water. I said to Nate, he had a really good question in the back room. What is discipleship? And I asked that question every Sunday for the last two and a half years. you got to realize I've pretty much been the only missionary home from COVID. All the other ones are locked into their homes overseas. And I've been in a church just about every Sunday for the last two and a half years and asked that question. How many of you were intentionally discipled by someone in your lifetime? And let me just say this, in all those churches, the hands that were raised, give or take 10, was 10. It's not a good number. When Christ's final words were, go make disciples. I think it's, uh, Nate had a really good question, what does that mean? It means that it's our responsibility to raise up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. Now, let me just say, that's not a promise. Please hear where that scripture came from. It came from Proverbs. Proverbs is a book of wisdom, not a book of promise. For all, That's one of the things that I've had to deconstruct in my life, Pastor Brent, because I was taught that that was a promise. Which would eliminate free will. Now, what are they saying? We should do everything within our power to raise our children in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's our job. We can't get them saved. We can't make them serve the Lord later on in life. But we sure can do everything within our power. Everything within our power. And that's where Youth Alive comes alongside and resources. We stand with some of the books that we use. Go to the next slide for me is the I Dare You 365. I've got copies here today. I would love through Light for the Lost be able to give you a copy if you'll use it. But it's a devotional where uh, it takes about five minutes to read through the devotion portion. But the best part of it is the challenge at the end of it, which is for middle schoolers and high schoolers. And the challenge looks like this. As you're walking on your campus today. Well, for you, you're not going to be on campus. But as you're walking on your job today, 
You see, you have to make the transition there. But the way that this generation works, we can no longer just say, follow me and, you're, and do what I do. Because they're not going to do it. You have to walk and do it and let them walk beside you and do it. So at the end of the day, the challenge is, what did you do today at school? What did you do today in your elementary school, your middle school, your high school? This is what I did while I was on my job. And when they say, oh, I forgot, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. You see the difference? When I was raised, when I was a kid, I was raised to just believe because somebody told me to believe it. And I did. And here I am at 58 years old, literally deconstructing my childhood so that I reconstruct it with truth and righteousness. I was taught a lot of good things, but a lot of them didn't fall into scripture. It was taken out of context. And it's our goal today to be a generation of adults that I would say youth alive is at the forefront of. We want you to disciple well. We want you to take your kids and raise them in the way that they should go. So how do you do that? Another great book uh, that we recommend is called Divine Mentor. It's a very simplified version. And all it is is basically walking you through um, how to do Bible study. How to read the word and understand the word and what the word's for and why it's important to us. We want that to happen, so we disciple students in that. Another great book that I picked up recently is this one. It's right here, 10 Qualities That Move You From a Believer to a Disciple. This is a great one you can do with your kids at home, walking them through that stage of life. But this is the thing, folks, we can no longer just go to church on Sunday morning and expect our kids to catch what we got. It was never meant to be that way. When God said, go make disciples, there was a process of formation that took place in that making process. I took a youth pastor to a fast food restaurant uh, recently, and I said to him, I want you to watch something. So we walked in, got into the restaurant, and we made our order at the register, and I said, I want you to see what takes place in the back. Because that's where the making took place. The easy part was the going. We just walked into a restaurant. That was go. Go. We went. We went to the restaurant. That was not very hard. Secondly, as an American, I just had to pull my wallet out and put down the money. Not very hard, again, unless you're broke. But the going process and the paying process wasn't difficult. What took place in the back was sweaty ugliness. You know why they put walls up in front of the cooks? How many of you have ever been a cook? Did you sweat? Oh, yeah, liar. <laughs> it's sweaty hot when you're over stoves. It's a mess in the back. And if you saw what was happening back there, you probably would not go back to that restaurant. Making's hard. So let me ask you this. In your process of raising your children, how many of you would say, my kids were a breeze? Making's hard. Making's hard. We sing about revival this morning, and I often wonder what do we think precludes revival? Hard. Always. Hard. It's not easy. 
And we're in a culture today where the generation that is behind us, looking up at us, desperately needs to see somebody that has had a formation in their life to serve Jesus. And it's every day, all day long. And when I make mistakes, I admit it, I confess it, I stand up and own my mistakes and then get back up and start walking through that walk with Christ every single day. It's that journey. I'm striving for perfection. Will I ever get there? Not this side of glory. In fact, when Pastor Brett said, "Where? Uh, how many lives the furthest from home? But all of us win. Because this isn't home. Heaven is. I can't wait to get there. But the truth is, is I don't want to leave anybody behind. So how do we do that? So again, let's look through these some more. Keep going. We're going to just breeze through these really fast. You're going to notice that everything we do is about discipleship. Oregon Prayer Force, today is something that we would invite you to join. We have stickers out on, on my table today. The easy part of this is this. And the most important part of this is this. Prayer is the greatest form of discipleship we can ever do. Wow. Prayer. You say, why prayer? Because it puts it back in God's hand to get it done. We believe that when I pray, I believe God's going to respond. That's discipleship. So if I'm not ever praying in front of my children or my grandkids, or when I drive through a school zone with my eyes open, I might add, we are showing them that I believe that God is going to do what I ask him to. So this is the easy form. You know where those oil change stickers go in your car? You take one of these stickers and put it up there. And as you drive through a school zone, that five-sided sign that you see, the most important part of that is as you're driving through that zone, you just pray a simple prayer. You pray, God, I ask you today to draw people to yourself. That's the will of the Father. So we're asking the Father to do what he already wants to do. Secondly, God, we pray for Christians today that you would open the door for them to be light and salt in this, in this community of non-believers, that their light would shine so much that it would be a drawing card to what I have and what they have. Every teacher, every administrator, every student that knows you, allow that light to shine. Open doors that no man can open and shut doors the doors that need to be shut. And that's about a 10-15 second prayer, the same amount of time it takes to drive from one crosswalk sign to the next one at 20 miles an hour. Every day, we drive through those school zones. Why would we not pray? I'm asking you to join me and do it with your kids. Tell them they don't have to close their eyes because nowhere in scripture does it say, bow your heads and close your eyes. It's nowhere. I've looked. I've tried. It's not there. Keep your eyes wide open so you don't kill somebody. So drive through a school zone. Secondly, you can join our Oregon Prayer Force. Um, it's on, it's on uh, Facebook right now. We have almost 3,000 people that pray constantly. And this morning we have people praying for this service. So pray with us. Be a part of a team that's much larger than Springfield. Pray. And then keep going. We're going to, gosh, I can't quickly get through this. Student prayer mission is for students. It helps them pray on a daily basis through their school. Go to the next one. We did that one. Go to the next one. Just keep funneling through. Teen Encounter is a, a thing that I've done for over 30 years now. They're amazing. Wish you could be at one. Also, Oregon Coast Forum, which is coming up uh, just in two weeks. We also do a camp every summer. Keep going. 
We also do a ministry school where we're raising up the next generation of youth pastors and children's pastors. Pastor Ty was a part of our program back in the day. And then Compass is a discipleship tool that we use for students that are in that gap year and want to learn what God's focus is for their future. And we have them come and live in Albany along with our Yama students and do community together. And then we release them to go and live out their futures of lives as a Christ follower. Strong discipleship. Go to the next one. And then we do school assemblies, we do campus clubs, and we do campus serve. Those are all things that are part of Youth Alive. So if you serve your campuses locally, you're a part of that. Let's go to the next slide because this is what I wanted to actually, there's my family. I put it out of order. So that's my family. I want you to notice my son right in the middle. That's John. I'm going to tell you a little of his story in just a moment. Go to the next one because that's the most important. Woo! Grandbabies. Yes, I love my grandbabies. Go to the next slide. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Go to the next slide. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you read that same scripture in the book of Mark, it says, go preach. Discipleship. We've been having students come to us for the last 16 years to come and become youth pastors and children's pastors in the state of Oregon. Why do we do that? Because we believe if we can get them into small churches, then we can have a mission to the schools in those communities. Make sense? The number one thing that we've noticed through the years is this. Most students don't know why they read their Bible and they don't know why the importance is to pray. That feels like it's the most important thing that we should be teaching a generation. And I'm not sure that many of us as adults understand the value of being in the Word. I'm not sure any of us stop and consider that God's love letter is to us on a daily basis. And therefore, what are we teaching our children through the Word on a daily basis? Well, one of the deconstructs that I've had to work through is that I remember... My pastor's telling me, go find a quiet place, lock yourself away, and have your devo time. Something that I've been taught all my life to do. And I did that. Mine was my bathroom. And I would sit there and have my good time with the Lord, spend time in prayer, reading the word, journaling, weeping before the Lord as he was just working through things in my life. And as he was putting me back together, in his likeness. And one of the things that I've been working on in my own self as I look back at how I've done youth ministry, as I look back at how I've done things, I've questioned, here's my son. Why is he not serving the Lord today? Why is he rebelling against everything that I've ever lived for? Why is he pushing back on these things? Maybe it's because he didn't see the reality of my prayer life and the reality of my word life being exposed in a public place where he could see me weeping before the Lord because I was journaling about things that God was just, just ripping me apart on. Maybe he didn't see how many nights I went and prayed for my oldest daughter as she was going through her struggle in life. And how I screamed at the Lord oftentimes in my bathroom where nobody could hear me. 
what I've read in Scripture is that those that were told to go find a quiet place, that was to go and pray and spend time in solitude. It's not like, it's not like David took the whole Old Testament scrolls with him up to the mountaintop to pray. He didn't have the Word of God laid out in front of him. Yes, he had five books of the Bible memorized, and maybe more of that, as he was a child, as a Jewish child, he learned those things. But again, that's not a part of our culture today. What if the biggest thing that we could do is stop hiding our devotional time? What if the biggest life change that we could make is we take it to the breakfast table every morning and we sit down in front of the stu- our kids and we begin to weep as we're reading the word of God and as God is convicting us of things that need to change in our lives. The greatest change of discipleship I believe that we all can make as grandparents and as parents is just living our uh, focused life of Jesus out loud for our kids to see. All that would look like is, oh, this morning, man, I was in the Word of God, and God said this to me, and man, I've got to work on that today. Instead of, I was in my closet today, and I don't tell anybody what happened there. You see, I've gotten to the point now that I'm wondering, okay, Tom, what do you have to do to help your son on his journey as he's 31 years old? And he has a son, and he has another little girl coming next month. What do I got to do? Well, number one, I've got to start with keeping the relationship open. I don't have a voice in my my relationship. I don't have discipleship in his life if I don't have a relationship with my son. So yesterday for eight hours, Nate, we watched that game (laughs) and wept together. And then we watched a couple other games before he went home. And during that time, he asked a spiritual question. He asked it. Why? Because I've fostered that kind of relationship with him now. I'm not here to ask you who has a broken relationship with family members and you say, at this point, I can't talk to them because they won't talk to me. So, this is my answer to you. Fix it. Because you could be the only one that has an opening to be able to pour into their lives discipleship. Our teachers will go to school and they will invest in your kids. Our youth pastors will invest in your kids. Our pastors will invest in your kids. Everybody around you will invest in your kids. But there is no greater discipler on the face of the planet than you. You say, Tom, I don't know how to fix it. Well, you've got to figure it out. This is our responsibility. This is what came to me. And this, I'm going to get ready to close the tie. If you want to come on back up with your group. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Number one, um, could you go to my grandfather's picture? Whoever's running that. It's an old man, bald, gray hair. This man taught me to do construction. But what I didn't realize is it wasn't about a 10-year-old learning construction. I didn't add to his team at all. I bet more nails than you can imagine. What he did, though, was I want to disciple. I didn't even figure this out till recently. I want to disciple my grandson. And so every Saturday during school, he would come into me. And he'd come wake me up at 4 a.m. and take me back to his house. 
And on that Saturday morning, every Saturday morning till I was about 13 years old, three years, we had T-bone steak and eggs. That's a reason to get up at 4 a.m. <laughs> but what Grandpa saw was that here's a young man that's going to sit across from me and I'm going to open my Bible. And I'm going to read the word of God in front of my grandson. And this is how Grandpa did it. He'd sit there and read, and all of a sudden he'd do this. <laughs> and he'd read some more, and all of a sudden he'd go, Ooh, wow. And then he'd read some more, and he'd go, <laughs> Now you can see that face too in that page. And every time he did something like that, it got a little closer. Until it wasn't very long before he was no longer doing it by himself. He was reading it out loud in front of me because I wanted what he had. God showed me a picture just a few weeks ago. It was a dream. And I don't have these kind of dreams. And he showed my family. Go back to my family picture if you would. In front of me. And we were standing on Judgment Day. By the way, all of us will be judged. All of us. According to what we did and didn't do. And that's the picture I had in my, my brain. And he looked at my wife on Judgment Day and said, Daylene, you've been such a great nurse. You've loved people. You've served people well. You've served me well. Welcome that good and faithful servant. And he said to me, Tom, you've been a great great youth pastor. You've loved teenagers across Oregon for so many years. I love that you said yes. Welcome. He went down the line with every one of our kids. And in just a moment, I'm just warning you, I'm going to yell really loud. I'll move the mic away, just so you know. But he went down the line with each of our kids and he welcomed my, my son-in-law on the far left, who's the worship pastor of Willamette Christian Center, and my daughter right next to him, uh, and the little right there, and they're, they're pregnant right now. I can't tell you that. You can't tell anybody. Anyways, but uh, welcome. Went to the far right and said, welcome, Kaya and Kyle and Jessica. And he even looked at Krista right next to Jessica and said, welcome. And he looked at Eddie, but you're too young. Welcome. And then he looked at my son and he said, depart from me. I never knew you. And you know what I did? No! that Jesus is everywhere through our lives and that we are showing those that are hurting and broken, those that have been broken by circumstances and pain that are beyond our parental abilities, that they've chosen wrong directions. But there's no way, church, we can give up on them. We need to have that mentality. No! Sunday morning and 
leave a footprint in a pew. He is who died for me. He gave it all for me. I don't do these things because I want to earn his love. I've already earned as much of it as I possibly can by him loving me. I didn't earn it. He just said, I love you. And he loves that broken child of yours and that broken grandchild of yours. The one that pushed back and says, I don't want to have anything to do with God. That's okay. I'm still going to pray. It's not the least I can do. It's the greatest thing I can do. On my phone every day, there's two times a day it goes off and tells me to pray for my family. Why? Because my greatest mission field is my family. My second greatest mission field is the schools. kids church and they come in we're going to do our connection cards while they while they head down um and here's what i want us to do on that connection card we have an area there that says tell us your story um what i ask is on your connection card we've got paper ones too let's all fill out a connection card and i know without a shadow of a doubt each one of us 
has a name that came to mind. It may be a child, it may be a grandchild, it may be a brother or sister, a young person, someone, a cousin, uh, a niece or a nephew that needs Jesus and they've been on our heart. Write down who God has put on your heart that you are going to be praying for, that God would get a hold of their heart because without them hearing and without them responding, they're lost. This needs to be something that pulls on our hearts, that set, that reminds us that we don't uh, just blush it off or forget about it or distract ourselves, but it's constantly in our minds that we need to be finding ways to engage people with the good news of Jesus, with the hope that we carry within us, as Nate just mentioned earlier. So so let's, uh, let's write down on that connection card who we are going to be praying for. And let me tell you, that name that's on there, our prayer team will be praying for that person too. We will join with you in prayer. So take a moment, fill out your connection cards with us, and let's pray for these. And at this time, while we finish filling out those prayer cards, right now I'm, I'm going to ask you, um, if you are, uh, come on down kids, if you are all the way from kindergarten through college, if you are finishing your college education, can you come forward? We want to pray for you. If you are a school administrator, if you're a, a teacher, if you are a principal, if you are um, in any role in a school and you're going back into school, can you come up to the front here? We're going to pray for you. And uh, t- Tom is going to pray over us and commission us as we get ready to step into the school year. So teachers, and we've got some daycare workers, you can come forward. We want to pray over you students and teachers and administrators as you get ready to step into the school year. Come forward, come forward. You might even drive a bus. If you drive a bus, come forward. I mean, we would love that. Every person has that ability to minister. Pastors and elders, come on forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this group of students. Father, first of all, we pray for them. That, Lord, they would allow Jesus to reign supremely in their lives every single day. That, God, they would know that they have the opportunity to walk in Jesus all day, every day. That their light can shine to their friends so that their friends can know Jesus. Father, we pray for teachers as they walk into a classroom. That, Father, they would pray over their classroom every single day. That they'd lay hands on the chairs of the students that would be sitting in those places and God you would raise them up to be light and salt in a dark place where light can shine through the darkness and explode into the light. God we're asking that right now that they would be as as leaders, as teachers God that you would allow that opportunity that God they would shine the light through their smile, that they would shine the light through their joy, that they would shine the light through their kindness that Father they would shine the light through Jesus' love. And Father, we pray for these uh, any other administrators, Father God, as they are putting uh, their lives on the line, Father, as Christians, as they take a stand as firm foundations of administration to their schools, God, that their light would shine. For our Father, for those that work in the, the, uh, the cafeteria, for those that drive school buses, for those that are teachers' age, Father, for all of those that are on the campus today, we pray that you would open a door for them to share their faith, God, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon them and give them an anointing that they've never had before, that this would be the year, this would be the year of revival in our public schools, God, that you would pour out your Spirit and allow students to know you and to have hope in you and to have joy in you and have peace in you, that God, we would overcome the diversity of the problems that are happening on our campuses. God, 
campuses. We come against those no hope mentality, Father God. We come against those that are even today processing suicide. We ask, Father, in this moment, you would turn that darkness into light. That can only happen through you, God. And we are asking for you to intervene for your children, God. We are asking that you would intervene for students across the state of Oregon and specifically here in the Eugene Springfield area. Thank you, God, for this church, for their preschool. I pray for the teachers here, that, God, you would anoint them, anoint them to disciple that generation of kids before they get into the public school. God, we just ask for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to be out at my table. I have other things that I would love for you to have. Uh, one of the ways that a simple step would be to take one of these life books and write a note on the inside cover and give it to somebody this week. We just want you to begin the process of discipling others. God bless you. Thank you, Tom. Can we thank Tom one more time? This morning, as we go, we're going to receive our Kingdom Builders offering. We do this every single morning, and Tom is one of the missionaries that we support each and every month. Each and every month, it's not just when Tom is here that we support him, but each and every month. But this morning, the entirety of our giving to Kingdom Builders is going to go to support Tom. Can I say that we have reaped the benefits of Tom's ministry for many years. I can't believe the breadth of what Tom is involved with. First of all, he equips students to step under their campuses as light in the darkness to share the hope of Jesus to be campus missionaries so he's equipping students and he does that through working with pastors like like our our, our, uh, our youth pastor pastors around churches around Oregon as well as just straight one on one with students he's on, he's on campuses through seven project that goes into schools and brings uh, 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 they have when they have their uh, what do you call them the, the gatherings the school assemblies I don't know where my brain went right there when they have their school assemblies they're able to come in and bring a, a message of, of suicide prevention and, and hope to students. And so they can step onto uh, uh, secular campuses, on public school campuses, and bring that message. They also serve uh, schools that don't have the, the means to do, like, graduation ceremonies. They come in and they serve them. They find ways to serve and to get on campuses. But not only that, Tom has initiated, like we were talking about, with Oyama. Oyama is an opportunity for uh, students that are out of high school to step into ministry, to get that ministry experience, to get their first level of credentialing. Pastor Ty went through Oyama. We've had students that have interned with us that have come through Oyama that are serving now in full-time ministry uh, through what Tom has been doing. So we are investing in the future. We are investing in the now generation and the, the next generation. So right now as we give to Kingdom Builders, there's several ways to do it. There's text to give by texting the dollar amount you want to give. First, the, king, the word kingdom and the dollar amount you want to give in the body of the text to the phone number 84321. Or you can give at nlcchurch.com slash give. Or we've got this box right up here at the front you can give in, all right? So as we go this morning, let's give, let's support Tom. Um, if our, uh, our usher's ready to re actually, we'll just use the, the Kingdom Builders box here. So, uh, so this morning as we go, um, you can come up and drop your gift in this box. Or you can do the text to give or give online, all right? So let's pray together and we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you so much for bringing someone into our church network with the heart of Tom Bachman. That for years has poured out his life and his heart for students that are on campuses. And Lord, we pray right now for his own family as his heart is drawn to see every single person that he has known and discipled as his own child to know you as their Lord and Savior. I pray that you would profound ways draw them to yourself 
Jesus, I pray that we would see this played out in each and one of, every one of our families and our lives, and it would spread out to our campuses the hope in Jesus. And we thank you for it, Lord. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. New Life Church, have a blessed day. We will see you next Sunday. God bless you. I'm going to sing.